Hey yo, welcome to Kiki's Corner, where biblical principles meet culture. conversation to question um to a different question or a question that kind of uh, feeds off of the the last question so do you think um these professional organizations are just you know performing when it comes to the black lives matter movement do you think it's you know performative art for them to be on the right side of history for example you know you you do see the nba putting um you know the black lives matter on the uh uh what is it called the floor floors the court, yes. Wow, I've been out of basketball <laughs> so long that my brain is just somewhere else. Um, wow, okay. The court. And, um, you know, you see different things like people taking a knee and, um, you know, certain organizations are giving hundreds of millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter and um, all these organizations, uh, racial equity and uh, NAACP, Urban League, you know, you're seeing all these big companies who have made so much money off of black lives now try mm-hmm. to give money and perform and make these statements. And I feel like uh, public relations teams are going crazy right now trying to figure out how to navigate. Um, what do you think? With uh, athletics, uh, I would say that they it's not necessarily performative. Um, it's, I think it's on a case by case basis that they are going to do this now, but my question is what will they do next year? So, uh, this, the season that they're, they're trying to do for the 2021 season is arguably, I believe going to start in like December. So when, when they get to that point, if it looks radically different than what they did during the bubble for the NBA, uh, then I'll be like, so why did you do all that during that time? Was it just to try and appease all the athletes? But I don't think that um they're doing that because the players' association there has a lot more speaking power, in my opinion. Okay, that they can talk to Adam Silver and say, hey, like, uh, to put it frankly, without us, what y'all gonna do? Exactly. Because uh, if LeBron says I'm I'm sit out. The league we're gonna lose a whole lot of money. Yes, the league really follows LeBron's lead, uh, and it's real. He's worth billions of dollars. They know. Yes, Um, and so they know his equity in the game, and not to mention like his his uh, friends behind the game as well. Uh, So you have Chris Paul, who is or was he's very active with the Players Association, and with with him leading the helm there. Um, you have a lot of other players that really are very vocal. And so um, I think they will keep doing this and keep it going um, in some way, shape or form. I, but that is not to say that what Kyrie Irving was saying was wrong. Right. I, I do agree with Kyrie Irving a lot um, on that situation because he was saying that basically the, 
it was bigger than basketball at the moment. Right. And I, I, I hope that like what Maya Moore said for the WNBA, why she set out two years to help yes. someone get exonerated. Uh, um, you know, it's bigger than basketball. Yes. And so that's one of those things is that uh, I hope that the the league remembers that is is bigger than the sport. Yeah. Uh, but I, ultimately, I think leagues are looking at the profit margin and their the mm. bottom line. And so that's one Talk of the, the things with the NFL that uh, I think they're going they're f- struggling in a sense of how to do this because navigate that space. Yes. Their players association does not have the conversations that the NBA, NBA had. Right. Yes. And so it's And it's, I think not to interject, interject no, but I think that's because of there's more like you said earlier in the in the show, there's more agency and and there's more focus on the individual. Like why does a whole league follow LeBron? Why does a mm-hmm. whole league follow Kobe Bryant? Why does a whole league follow Michael Jordan? Because they set the pulse. Yes. And if that athlete set out, I don't want to watch the game. <laughs> and so uh, maybe somebody might else come to rise, but no one else, like no one does what he do, you know, yes. what he does. And so, and, and that actually leads me to my next question. If, if 2021 doesn't look right and you see these uh, organizations, athletic mm-hmm. organizations, NBA, NFL, ML, MLB, WNBA, all these top organizations who make so much money off of black lives and they don't say that they matter, but they only was trying to, you know, be on the right side of history. Do you think black professional athletes should start their own league? Not exclusively black in participation, but black ownership and black care. Yes. Um, I do think that's one of the things that is rapidly trending upward is the idea of starting a black league or black owned leagues and black owned teams uh, is to, to see more of that representation. And I, I, I'm kind of on the fence in, in this sense, because with this, there are some part, parts of capitalism, in my opinion, that are not necessarily the best. Um, and so um, so that's one of the hard parts with it, is that you'll still have billionaires running these teams and whatnot. And so that's a, that's one of those complicated thoughts that I have, um, not to project there. Well, but, no, I'm, I'm hearing you, but there's only like 10 black billionaires in America. So Oprah, uh, Jay-Z, Diddy. um Yes. The, the, the guy from Morehouse who gave all that money um, to the students to pay off their loans. Um, who else? I can't really name. I don't think I can name 10 black billionaires that I know off the top of my head. Exactly. And so it's it's a very small thing, um, but it's just that will it continue the trend that that they're going to do other leagues? So that's one of my questions there is that uh, is that what we need or do we need more uh, black coaches in there that can speak on these things as well? Because also like the, the NFL has, they have the Rooney rule, but uh, what's the Rooney rule for everyone listening? So the Rooney rule is essentially that for, for you have to have a person of color being able to be interviewed. They may not get the job, but they were interviewed for a, coaching position or I believe a GM role. And so they may not get the job, but they have to be interviewed. So I think that with that, it's, that's one of those things too, is that you have to have some coaching in there and also the ownership and also ownership that will be willing to listen as well. Um, I have never heard of the Rooney rule. 
That is yes. insane. I I definitely am gonna research that as soon as we're done here. But wow, whoa! Yes, and so and so it's it's an it's a it's an asinine thing that they may not be hired, but as but they look at it as well. They were interviewed, so that that counts, right? I have um, no comment. That is so wow. Cause... And so the and so with that, they um it it's just one of those things that the NFL does, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So um, one of my uh, favorite defensive coaches uh, coached the Cardinals for a year. He was fired the next year. Uh, he used to coach for the Panthers. And I was like, yeah, they gave him literally no time to to coach. He literally got came in one year. Then uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who used to coach at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, he – was like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna, I want to coach in professional or uh, the NFL. They hire him. They fire the the old guy, the old coach. Wow. Um, who would? And I was like, that really wasn't enough to turn the team around. And to me, they had a similar amount of success with the new coach. So that's one of those things that uh, I do think you do have to have more black head coaching and black mm-hmm. GMs. Um, so that's where I am first right now, um, because I I haven't did enough research on how to affect or what does that league look like and all that stuff. Um, so I don't want to misspeak there and feel like I'm projecting, um, ideas there. Um, but I do see a a more black league because the rocks recently just purchased the XFL. Um, so what will that look like? Uh, and so, uh, previously with Vince McMahon under the helm, um, at the helm, Mm -hmm. he, there was basically the idea was no protesting. It was for the love of the game. And so Mm. I I wonder what that means. So does that change? Cause me and my, uh, one of my friends, I showed him about the rock purchasing and, um, he was saying, I wonder what this will look like. And I was like, I do too, because this is a great opportunity to to allow them to express themselves. And if you're gonna restrict them in this way, right, um, then that does affect their First Amendment rights. Um and so I think a lot of the performative action for um with the the organizations, I think some of their patriotism is or their nationalism is f- performative and in full mm. as well. So uh, where people will talk about the national anthem, it wasn't instituted until like the 2000s that they put that in games. Right. So it hasn't really been in, in the games that long. And previously they weren't out there for that stuff. Uh, the next thing is that uh, if I'm watching a game at home, do you see me standing at, uh, up for the national anthem. Nope. I'm still sitting in the chair watching the game, hoping or waiting for it to start. Um, so I think some of the teams are doing performative action there because they're trying to show that it's their team and that's their, it's what they're going to do, especially the Cowboys. Cowboys are, uh, I think one of the biggest teams that, that does that. Um, right now, uh, I read an article about Jerry Jones uh, trying to figure Ooh. out w- what this season will look like. And Dak Prescott. <laughs> Jerry Dak- Jones is really just, he's, he, he's a, mm, a thorn in yeah. my side, let's just say. Yes. And so uh, 
Dak Prescott came in and saying, well, he was trying to be a leader and not trying to rush in and say anything crazy. I, I'm I'm summarizing his words. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I feel like you said that because you're in a contract or you're on a, a contract right now that uh, you're on a franchise tag. You don't have a guaranteed contract yet. Whereas the other quarterbacks around, uh, they're not in the same way. So they can't say what you or you're saying this in the best way you can at the moment. And so that's one of those things is remembering that the athletes are human, that they are trying, they are trying to get paid. They are trying to do the job that they love. And um, take care of their family while doing it. Yes. And so sometimes they're trying to play the game as well. Um, right. And, but with Jerry Jones, I, I don't think you can be silent in these moments that silence does tell you a lot. Right. Um, and so silence is loud. It speaks louder than the, the voice. Yes. And so where, oh, uh, previously he was like, oh, we're, uh, my team is not going to kneel. Anybody that kneels, you're, you're not going to play for the Cowboys. And is he trying to change his tune? Is he trying to be more aware? What, what is he doing? What is and he so, doing? Mm-hmm. And so going back to the, the Players Association, the owners of the NFL have more voice than the players do, in a sense. And that's one of those things that you'll you, – if you pay attention to a little bit of football, sometimes you'll have like their owners convention essentially. Right. And that's where a lot of their decisions get made. It's not from the players association. And that's one of those things that I think is, uh, different from the NBA than the NFL. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whereas the owners, you'll hear about them, but a lot of times they'll echo with a lot of the, their superstar players, you know, whoever has their ear, Exactly at the time, and I think you yes. know also because the NFL is so big that has a the size it's enormous. I think yes. that has a lot to do with um just think about how many fans are at an NBA game versus mm-hmm. an NFL game versus an MLB mm-hmm. game. I think there's just more depending on the NFL if that makes sense with the positions and the second mm-hmm. team with second team third team you know and it's just like mm-hmm. there's so many people um why would they care about black lives matter if that makes sense yes. and it's like cuz they they can get so many replacements it's such a turnover sport right so people yes. unless you even if you're like like a lebron of the NFL you could still be traded because they see you as um worth a lot right and so and yes. they have so many it's a dime a dozen who could play that position? It, it's like a restaurant. It's so hurtful. Anyways, and, um, <laughs> I had one more thing for, for uh, yeah, like with the NFL, there was a video early. I think it was closer to March, Marchish. It was. It was. I think it was right either around Ahmad Aubrey or uh, George Floyd, and the NFL representatives saw Patrick Mahomes in it, and then they were like, "You know what? We're going to take this serious now." Wait. You had all these other black athletes in there, but the only one you really worried about was Patrick Mahomes. Right. And that's not conducive that you only worried about your golden goose right now. Right. Whereas you had Ezekiel Elliott, you had all these other big name players that were relatively young and being stars in the game. And you didn't want to say anything. You you didn't worry about them. But when the moment you saw Patrick Mahomes, it was like, whoa. This is bigger than what we thought. Whereas, so I think they understand it. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're silent is that how do they do this and do this right? It's not that I agree with that, but 
as Dak Prescott was saying, they're trying to figure out how to do this right because uh, predominantly of their league, it's black uh, black athletes. And if you do it the wrong way, uh, you may have a mass exodus of people uh, leaving that team or leaving the league that may say, you know, we'll go play for the XFL. We'll, we'll go overseas. We'll go to uh, the Canadian Football League, stuff we'll like that. We'll start our own league, stuff like we'll, that. We'll start our own league. Um, yep. and, and I think a lot of teams have the resources to do that, and a lot of the players have um, the connections to do it. It's just uh, when and where. And so, but, uh, yeah. No, but thank you for <laughs> answering that question. And so, uh, this conversation has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. But I want to ask you this last question. Um, what do you hope that will come out of, you know, these athletes who are self-proclaimed activists or who are taking stance, a stance, you know, well, not even taking a stance, taking a knee. Haha. Um, or I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm a nerd. Uh, taking a knee and, you know, making social media posts, starting organizations, th- uh, th- um donating and putting money into these uh, places and, 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 and organizations who are actually, who have already been doing the work. Um, you know, what, what do you hope that comes out of this moral leadership that we're seeing by athletes? And, um, and, and the second question is, do you see yourself at the intersection? Uh, I don't know if I, ne- well, I'll go with the first part. I don't know if I necessarily see myself at the intersection because I'm, I'm not in the position of an athlete per se. Okay. Um, and I'm not like, the largest uh, voice in that room. Um, but I will try and support as much as I can and, and help the young athletes I do help or coach um, that if they have ideas to express that they can express them, that it's not, Oh, well I can't say anything because I'm only a high school athlete. No, say something. Um I can't say anything because I'm only a college athlete. No, say something, mm. say, so, say something no. now. And so um, what do I hope that comes out of this is that uh, I, I hope that there's going to be more of a positive change and especially how, not necessarily how we treat our athletes, but how we treat people. Um, mm. What is it? I think it's um, equality, equity, and liberation. Yes. And so that whenever we're seeing uh, these teams playing, um, we're also keeping in mind of their their moral identity. What what do they um, do outside of the sport? So are they just playing uh, and they don't say anything about their personal life? That's to me, that's big. Like, I, I get that you may want to keep your life separate, but. I think showing that, hey, I'm uh, trying to work on my game with, uh, but also be a community advocate. That was one of the biggest things for uh, why I was such a huge fan of Cam was right. that he didn't he didn't have to do any of that. He could have said, I'm here to play football. That's it. And keep going from there. Uh, my name is Hank Hill. I sell propane and propane accessories. Uh, I cannot. <laughs> uh, like that's all he had if he wanted to do that. But no, he would have the uh, kicking it with Cam, which was a huge kickball tournament. He had uh, basically a lot of uh, events with 
feeding people and whatnot and feeding the community, supporting the community, doing a lot of stuff like that. Uh, giving away game balls to the kids in the stands. Uh, like last season, that was one of the hardest things to watch was that nobody did that. And I was like, that was to me a big thing is that you're running after a touchdown to go give a ball to a fan. That's right. a personal interaction. And so creating that personal interaction is something that I do hope that comes out of this athletic as- activism. Um, and also I think it, I hope that it, it, it really inspires us all to change how we approach activism and how we approach, approach protest and revolutions um, tying this, I guess, much more to the topic of theology mm. that uh, we have to be willing to uh, taking up your cross or what is yeah, I can't up your cross. Yeah. So, so we have to be able to do that. And I don't think uh, as a whole, the church is ready to do that. I think, there's a lot of people that are, um, but the, I think athletics with Kaepernick, for example, you got to be willing to sacrifice everything. He may not get back into the league. Right. Um, even though he's still trying to uh, practice out. and work out just like he would uh, be practicing for it. Uh, he might not ever. And Man, I, I, if I was him, I'd call it a day and go to the Ca- Canadian football league and, 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 just run up the highlights and get as much sponsorship and as many scores. Um, that would, that's my opinion, but mm-hmm. that, you know, and that, and that's one way. Um, but the, some people could say that that could be a loss as well, that you didn't do the thing you said you were going to do. Right. Oh, um, that it. you, you said that you were going to get back into the league and, uh, and so that's one of those difficult things. How do you balance that? Um, but with going, and because I would say keep going on the route, because I'm like, if you keep going on this route, they're going to, you may not get, you may not get the monetary value, but it shows that they did the wrong thing. Mm. And it that's where that goes. And I think with the church, I think we have to be able to sacrifice those, those are quote unquote comforts. Yes. To be able to to stand and, and sit with those that are in this situation. Uh, that's something that I think is the the hardest part. And I don't think we're doing that enough as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we challenge each other in that where we, we see it as, oh, well, you, you're uh, not doing the things that we do or whatnot. And right. not really approaching the church leadership sometimes about this stuff. Um, and how do we navigate that? I think that's navigate one of those things. Spaces. Yes. Um, one of the, like the, when I first moved to San Antonio, um, I was trying to fi- figure out which church I was going to go to. And um, I went to a couple different ones and it was, and I finally, figured out which one I was going to go to. Um, it was right after there was, uh, it was something that happened in Dallas where I believe officers were shot and it was something else where it was another black man that was killed as well. And so the pastor of that sermon, he was like, I don't know what it's like to be a black man. And I was like, that's powerful to admit that in front of your congregation. Uh, that you got a room packed full of people and you're admitting that and you, you don't, 
and it's it's not something common and saying that I, I do uh want to understand. I I I can't uh sit here and say nothing um because there, there was a lot more said that I'm summarizing it. Uh I'm and listening. I was I'm listening. And I was like, that's powerful. Um and that's activism. That's standing up in the face of oppression that it's not a common place to say that in church, uh, especially with a predominantly white congregation, um, that they could be looking at you like, why did you say this? You shouldn't have said that. Uh, I'm not going to tie it this week. That's getting into nuances and semantics, but people will get upset. And so I think that that's what I hope from this athletic uh, athleticism is that not necessarily people get upset, but the scales are removed from their eyes that everything is more interconnected than we think. Um, Correct. And, and that it's not a, uh, it's not, oh, well, I need to be able to turn my social justice lens off when I watch sports. No, it's there because they live with it. You should be able to live with it as well. That Because uh, if they're saying that I can do both, you can do both as well. That when they're on the court, you looking at their shoes, they have uh, sayings for people. Now that they have sayings on their jersey, um, they have a lot of different things that they're doing. Or they're they have uh, with the WNBA, who I I really did a a poor um, job on talking about, which they are at the forefront of this this movement, which. They are they are playing like they have nothing to lose. Uh, for um, riding for Breonna Taylor and a lot of the injustices, and we don't give our women, especially black women, enough credit here. Talk about it. Um, about this stuff, and so I did a grave injustice not talking about that as much in the whole episode. So I do apologize there. I, I really it. do. Yeah. Uh, but they they are are unified. They are a unit. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things about athletic as activism is that there's power in numbers. Um, right now there's a trend for let us play in collegiate athletics. And the, the president is uh, agreeing with it. the vice president is. And, it's, and I think the college athletes are uh, kind of misguided in a sense on that because they're saying it like, um that we didn't make choices as a as a society uh it's not like the sport is being taken away it's that we're in a pandemic we don't know what this virus does right so i i agree with your protest and that you want to play sports but uh you have a lot of teammates that that may fit into these conditions that are in categories uh, yeah that Oh well, if they get the virus, they may die. And is that worth it? Is that right. is that worth you playing a sport? Now, if you're playing for money, uh, professionally, much different conversation. But amateurly, uh, I don't think so because there is a lot of um, with you have predominantly black athletes in a lot of these Power Five conferences and with these major sports like basketball, football, stuff like that, especially the two money maker sports, right. uh, 
there's power in numbers. And uh, you were talking about, we talked about black ownership um, Mm -hmm. for the, one of the last questions. So going back to like HBCUs, like having more athletes participate in that Mm -hmm. will be a tremendous thing as well. Right. Um, So that's something I hope to see out of this athletic activism is like a a world shift. Uh, So there's, there's a lot there that uh, I can keep going into. (laughs) But right, it's, yeah. I, it, I hope that we change how, like, I think sport is at the center of not necessarily our world, but it's at the center of creating change. It's a catalyst there. Uh, if it can help solve problems during wartime, as with Nelson Mandela and their, I believe it was a soccer game, then it can help solve some of our moral issues and ailments um but we have to make sure we approach it the right way um so that's what i hope that wow thank you thank you so much brandon for coming on the show uh dope i love just our conversations and um just I'm, i'm i'm happy that you like the photo uh, on Young Black and Saves uh, page because I was just friending everybody and um, happy we got in contact and you you took a leap of faith and you you said can I be on the show and I said of course come on let's let's see what we're gonna talk about and it it, it manifested into this and I hope you know that this is God ordained uh, everybody here at Kiki's Corner uh, loves you um, and thinks you're you're really dope and want to support you in any way that we can. So um, if you could just tell me, how can the people get in contact with you? Uh, so I do have a blog and podcast coming at uh, soon. Yes, uh, which will which is called a shift in pace. So the idea is a shift in uh, pace, a shift in ideas, and a shift in actions. Mm. So um, our what we're looking at ideas coming from there and mm-hmm. seeing what we need to change. And then we essentially change our actions through our ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so shift and pace.com uh, shift, a shift in pace uh, would be the Twitter and Instagram handles there. Mm-hmm. Or you can find me personally at uh, T O A O one five seven on Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, underscore T O A O um for twitter awesome. so, or you can email me email me at brandon at a shift and pace.com um so yeah that's pretty much it uh i should have a couple of new blogs coming out uh i haven't decided which ones yet uh but yeah follow and subscribe subscribe there because i try to post some uh good content that's very very similar to that's one reason why i reached out to kiki about this was that it has a lot of similar ideas and beliefs Mm. um so that you may get some uh ideas there uh if you go read the blog and whatnot definitely thank you so much and you have music as well y'all don't forget to follow him uh can i can i advertise it house of monsters is that okay Oh yeah. Okay. House um, of Monsters on Spotify. Go ahead. Uh, it's House of Monsters uh, with an exclamation point, mm-hmm. uh, and it's available on all platforms where you can listen to music. So Spotify, Apple Music, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, uh, title, you name it, it's probably there. Amazon, um, and so it's on all platforms. I have my four albums out right now, 
and uh, I do music production as well. So if you're looking for uh, stuff for your title credits and in scenes or anything like that for videos and whatnot, I do that as well. Uh, so yeah, um, and that's you can reach me. What's the name of your record label? Uh, House of Monsters. It's all done through me. Uh, House of, House of Monsters and a song to management. Uh, that's all through me. <laughs> you are so, so multifaceted, and I'm I'm wow. You're amazing. You're amazing. This, this guy. Is, everyone needs to know Brandon, please, y'all. <laughs> you hear how many things he's just he's just using all the gifts God has given him, and we're so grateful um, for who he is. So we're gonna pray and end the show. Um. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for this show. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for Brandon uh, just coming on the show and just talking about um, athletes and activism. Um, God, thank you for who he is. Um, Thank you for who he leads. Thank you for the leader that you've made him, God. Thank you for the encouragement that he's been to me and to all the people who will hear this. Lord, cover this episode. um, Let it bless so many. Um, And Lord, as we fight for justice, give us strength. Give us a second one of that Holy Spirit and keep us in perfect peace. Uh, We love you. Amen. Amen. If you like what you heard, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kiki's Corner Podcast. That's Kiki's Corner with an S podcast. Check out my website, kikifrancois.com, for bookings, content, and past episodes from this show. I update the website weekly, and I'm constantly on Instagram. Y'all should just call me the late night preacher. Um, (laughs) If you would like to be featured on this show, please DM me on my Instagram or email me at kikiscornerpodcast at gmail.com. That is all that I have for y'all. Y'all have a beautiful week. Peace.